to do is when, when, you're, when you're going through it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk today about going through it, and, but when you're going through it, and you're just like, I can't sing, I, I, I can't sing. I, something, you just, you got to make yourself sing. You just, you got to sing until your soul joins in with that in harmony. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, I don't feel like singing. You just need to find a worship song, or you just need to roll your windows up just singing traffic. I don't care who's standing there. Yeah, I'm singing. I'm singing, what are you listening to? I mean, it's just like, I, you know, I just, you have to sing and let your soul catch up. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but your soul will catch up. And then the next thing you know, your soul engages and then your spirit engages and then the spirit of God overwhelms you in that moment. And then you're like, man, I know what I'm going through. I know what I'm facing, but come on, greater is he who is in me than whatever it is that I'm facing. Let faith rise up in me. I mean, I just, I pray for some of you today. I know your soul's not singing. I know that. I know you're going through some stuff. And I'm praying and believing that uh, through this new series and through what we talk about today, that your soul's going to find a place where it can start singing again. We want your soul to sing. You're in the right place, by the way. If your soul is hurting, you're wounded, you're struggling, you're in the right place. You've walked into a place where your soul can be revived, where you can find healing, where you can find hope again. Come on, you can get that peace of God and the purpose for your life all wrapped up. That's what God wants to do for you today. So uh, if you, by the way, I should introduce myself if you're new. Uh, my name's Brad, and I'm the pastor. And if I didn't get to say hi to you and you're new, uh, my wife, Laura, and I will be back by the front doors. We'd love to meet you and say hi hang out as long as we need to hang out to help you, um, pray with you, whatever that looks like in your life, whether you're first time or you've been coming a long time, we're here for you. One of the best ways to get in contact with us, to ha for us to connect with you is through those next step cards. So when you sit down, you're going to see those chair backs and grab one of those next step cards. You can write your prayer request on there. Or if there's any kind of communication you need, you need to talk to a pastor or a staff member, we would love to sit down at coffee with you or go to lunch with you, whatever that looks like however we can serve you, okay? So if you have a Bible, let's, let's do this thing. Let's go to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32. So we're starting a brand new series called Keep Moving. Keep Moving. Genesis 32. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to download version, great version of the Bible. I read out of the New Living Translation. While you're looking that up, uh, let me catch you up to speed here. We're going to talk about Jacob again this week. This is kind of weird. This is the third week we've talked about Jacob. I did not plan that. I did not plan, but God said, you're going to do a little mini-series within a series on Jacob. So we've been looking at this guy named Jacob for the past three weeks. Uh, we talked about, if you don't know who he is, let me catch you up to speed. So if you don't know the background, you don't know the story, let me help you with it a little bit. So this guy named Abraham, God says, I'm going to birth a nation from you. And then he has this kid named Isaac, and then Isaac has a child named Jacob. And, and Jacob, if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about how he deceived his brother and, and stole the blessing that was intended for him. The oldest brother was supposed to get it, and Jacob and his mom, it was just awful, and they stole this blessing. And if you remember, we talked about how Esau was angry, so angry, he wanted to kill Jacob. And so Jacob is kind of on the run from his brother, and, and now he hears that his brother is coming, get this, with an army of 400. An army of 400 are bearing down on him. And so what we catch here in uh, Genesis chapter 32 is Jacob, fearing for his life, has sent his uh, family and all of his possessions to the other side of the river. 
And let's pick up in verse 24, the story. Esau's coming after him. It says, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. Now, if you know this story, you know that it wasn't just a man or any man. He wrestled with God. Now, we, we don't know if this was God in the flesh or an angel that was sent by God. But what we do know is that somebody physically manifested themselves physically and began to wrestle with him. And it said, when the man saw that he would not win the match, so the angel or God saw we're going to win the match, he, Jacob's, going to, Jacob's going to beat God. I don't, scripture says, I don't know. I don't know. But that's what it says. So he touched Jacob's hip, wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. Well, what's your name? He knows his name, but he says, it's Jacob. Well, your name's no longer going to be Jacob. From now on, you're going to be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and you have won. Today, I want to talk to you about wrestling with God. Let's pray. God, in this moment, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for this time of worship. We would ask, God, in this moment that you would speak to us, you know, regardless of where you are, whether you're not following Jesus or you followed him for 30 years or plus, God wants to speak to you today. So just breathe a short prayer to him. God, speak to me today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, right, before you're seated, I want you to do something for me. Before you're seated, I want you to look around, and, and if there is em- empty seats between you and somebody, listen, at Core Church, we sit together. We sit together. Now, let me tell you why. Nobody sits alone, and I'm so passionate about this, and here, here's why. Because a couple of weeks ago, I was up here preaching, and it looked like this, and everybody's sitting by people, and, and you know, I'm going to have you talking to each other today, and we're going to have some fun with that, and, and I'm going to need your participation in this message. But I looked right over here, and somebody was sitting all by themselves. No one should ever sit alone, especially in church. We are a family. We love one another. We care about one another. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to look. If there's more than one seat between you and the person next to you, I want you to move in, okay? You can leave one seat, man space. We call that man space. So if you need man space, one seat, say hi to somebody, and then you can be seated, all right? So Jacob is completely overwhelmed. His brother Esau is is coming at him and 400 soldiers bearing down on him. I mean, it is certain death. And and so he sends his, his family off and he just waits to see how he's going to die. Maybe that's how you feel today. Maybe you feel like you're facing a, a certain Death. Maybe there's a, a, a struggle or a situation that, that you're going through, and it, it's overwhelming you. I, I don't know what that would be. This room is so diverse. It could be, I mean, maybe it's your marriage. Maybe your marriage is barely hanging on. I mean, honestly, certain death would describe your marriage today. Maybe it has to do with, with your kids and, and some of the choices they're making, or maybe with your parents and the choices that, that they're making, and you think things are, are never going to change, and, and is it ever going to get different? Or maybe it's a, 
Maybe it's a health issue. And I was talking with somebody before the service, a mom and dad, and they, they're a beautiful little girl. She has a, a rare disease. Only 800 people in all the world have it. And they don't know what they're going to do. Maybe it's debt. Maybe it's just a money thing. <laughs> you feel like you have 400 bills coming after you. Anybody feeling that? Can I get an amen from God's people on that one? Maybe it's, maybe it's you've been in an abusive situation in your life, or maybe you're facing an addiction, and maybe you're, maybe you're like Jacob. Maybe you're a little bit like Jacob in the story, that you, know, you kind of did it to yourself. To be honest, I kind of did this to myself, but it's a mess, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Or maybe, maybe you're not like Jacob. Maybe you did nothing to deserve it, but yet here you find yourself in a very, very dark place, overwhelmed. This series called Keep Moving is really birthed out of my, my own story. Many of you, you know my story, and I know some of you do not. My, my family faced um, an unbelievable crisis a few years ago. Came out of nowhere, completely overwhelmed me. Devastated our family. I, I remember having to get up and, and preach and, and lead this church, and 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 but inside was all of this inner inner turmoil and, and this pain that my my family was was going through, and I and I was expected to lead the church, and I had to lead my family, and I couldn't even I didn't even know which end was up or which way it was out. I didn't know what to do. I remember some Sundays I would be backstage and, and getting ready to come out and, and it would, the, the situation and the crisis would be just overwhelming me to where I just, I just felt, just felt dark. And I'd have to come out here, preach my way through it. And nobody knew or could tell. Some people know, most people don't know the depth of what I had to deal with. And then on top of that, <laughs> Not only was I going through that crisis, but then all of a sudden another crisis in our family came out of nowhere, sideswiped us, and just devastated us. Not just one crisis, but another crisis coming in. So I'm already overwhelmed. I don't know what I'm going to do. And now another crisis on top of that. Now I'm not sleeping. Now I'm just not sleeping at night. I'm trying, but I'm just not able to get any rest. And I remember... One night in particular, I wasn't sleeping at all, so I just got up. It was about 4 o'clock in the morning. I just kind of stumbled my way into the bathroom, and, and I didn't know what else to do, so I just kind of sat down on the bathroom floor. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was completely overwhelmed. It was so dark. And I was just crying out to God, I, I'm, I'm doing everything I know to do, God. I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying, I, I, I don't, help, a little relief, something, anything. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I remember looking up on the bathroom counter, and there was a sticky note that Laura had written two simple words on Keep moving. Keep moving. In fact, that sticky note is that image you see behind me. That's the, that's the actual sticky note 
from that morning. And in that moment, it was just those, through those two simple words, God just spoke to me. And, and, and those two simple words really became an anthem for Laura and I. That, that we would say to one another, that we would encourage one another as we continued through this crisis, as we continued through this, this darkness and this, and this struggle and the pain that we were in, there were times we'd just look at each other and say, keep moving. And those two simple words walked me out of my struggle and my pain. And I, I believe those two simple words can do the same for you. Keep moving. Can you say that with me? Keep moving. Moving. One more time. Keep moving. Now turn to four people. Find four people right now. Keep moving. High five somebody and tell them, keep moving. Keep moving. What I'd like for you to do is I want you to grab the message notes in the chair back in front of you. They're in the baskets on the floor for the front row. And then on that message note, you're going to see a little yellow sticky note. I'd like for everybody to do this. I want you to grab that and on that yellow sticky note, I want you to write those two simple words. Keep moving. Keep moving. And I want you to take that with you, and I want you to put it in a prominent place that wherever you need it and however you need it. Now, I realize some of you today are like, hey, I don't really need it. Everything's good with me right now. <laughs> Can I tell you two words to write down? Get ready. Get ready. Okay? Because pain comes to everybody. Trouble, trials, crisis come to every person. No one is exempt. So here we see Jacob, and he's got his crisis that he's facing, and his army is, is approaching. His brother is coming. He sends his family off to the other side of the river, and he prepares for this, this confrontation and this certain death that he is going to have. And it says in Genesis 32, 24, these, these words, this left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came, and, and what? Say this with me, what? Wrestled with him. Wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. Now, when I was a kid, I, I loved wrestling. Anybody, anybody like wrestling? I loved wrestling growing up. I had, I mean, there were so many great wrestlers back in the day. Like, I mean, there's the classic Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, there was, a, anybody remember, The Undertaker, I'm The Undertaker. He never looked up. He's, he's just a real creepy looking guy. I mean, there's so many great, you know, there, oh man, there was a Randy Macho Man Savage. Uh, yeah, anybody remember Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Oh, there's my people. All right, all right, here we go. All right, now I know I got a crowd. Okay. I know you're with me. I mean, my favorite wrestler was the Ultimate Warrior. I love that guy. He had those tassels that hung from his arms, you know? It's like, man, he's so, he had the face pants. Like, man, he's so cool. I love wrestling so much as a kid. In our neighborhood one summer, we formed a um, neighborhood wrestling federation. It was awesome. My neighbor that lived uh, behind me, he's the guy that formed it. And he wasn't all there. He was a little off Center. We'll call him Chucky, okay? That give you an idea of what he's like? Yeah, so Chucky is, he's in charge of the wrestling federation, so we were having it at his house in his basement. We're wrestling on the basement floor. 
concrete floor with a little small throw rug, okay? That was the ring. The throw rug was the ring. And I, I remember thinking, I don't want to wrestle Chucky. <laughs> How do I do this? Because, I mean, I, I know, I mean, I wasn't always as, as intimidating at looking as I am now. I, I, I'm just saying. So I didn't always look this intimidating. Uh, I, at one point, I was about six foot tall. I weighed about 120 pounds. I looked like a noodle, okay? Like a pool noodle. Just imagine a pool noodle. That's what I look like. I did not want to wrestle Chucky. I, was, I did not want to get in the ring. So if I ever ended up in the ring, we would do tag team wrestling, my best friend Greg, he ended up going on to wrestle in high school. He was my tag team partner. So if Chucky would jump in the ring, I would quickly tag Greg, who would jump in, put him in a figure four leg lock, and we'd be done. I'm like, yeah. I always loved cheering on those who were wrestling. I never wanted to be in the ring. It is so much easier to stand outside of the ring and cheer others on who are wrestling with their crisis or their struggle, is it not? You can do it. You can do this. You got it. Give them a little scripture. Pray for them. But man, it, it is not easy. In fact, it, it can be very, very painful to be the one in the ring when you're the one that's got to wrestle through your crisis. You're the one who has to wrestle with your pain. So here's Jacob. And Scripture says that he was, he was all alone. You, you ever notice that, that the wrestling is always most intense when you're alone? Like, it just amps up, does it not? I mean, it'd just be brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Like, you'll do anything to get your mind off of it, won't you? I mean, you just try to make yourself busy, distract yourself. I'll, watch, I'll binge watch seven seasons of Friends, whatever it takes. I mean, I'll, I'll watch cat videos on YouTube, whatever to get my mind off of it. I'll listen to music, I'll put in the earbuds, I'll watch a movie, I'll go to a movie. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll mow the lawn, I'll, uh, I'll go to the mall, I'll go shopping, I anything to get my mind off of it. But when the show ends, the music stops, the movie's over, and the lawn gets mowed, and the shopping is over, you're right back to wrestling. It can be so frustrating. For many people, the way they, they wrestle with their, their pain and their struggle is, is they, they start just, just trying to play that scenario over and over in their mind, playing it out over and over, whatever it is that happened or whatever it is that is happening, trying to figure out what can I do about this, and you're wrestling with the problem, and you're wrestling with the crisis, and, and have you ever done that? Like, it, it, all it does is make you more worried. It just frustrates you that much more. It raises more questions when you do that. Frankly, it's just exhausting to do that. Now, now, if you're a follower of Jesus, not only do you sometimes wrestle with the problem and the situation and the crisis, but then you begin to wrestle with God. God, why is this happening to me? Hey, what are you doing? Why? What, is this ever going to be over? Are you ever going to step in? Are you going to, hey, I want to I tap out. I want to I tag you in. Where, where are you? And we begin to, to wrestle with God. This is Jacob. This is where he's at in the story. I mean, he, he's on the run from his brother. He's exhausted. He is worn out. And then suddenly, 
God shows up like Hulk Hogan snapping off a Slim Jim, coming off the top rope. Are you kidding me? That's how God shows up? Does that not make, that doesn't make sense to me. Anybody else with me? Come on, anybody can get an amen? Anybody? It's kind of like an amen. I mean, like, that's, wouldn't it make more sense for God to show up, maybe sit next to the campfire and, come here, Jake, come here, buddy. You're having a tough time. Put his arm around him. Wouldn't that make more sense? Like, just to, wouldn't it make more sense to encourage him than to jump him? But this is what God does right here. Now, now let, me, let me say this. This is so important for all of us to understand that God is our comforter. God is our comforter. In fact, Psalm 46, you might want to write that down, read it later, but that's one of the Psalms that helped get me through my crisis, that brought me through the pain in my life, and I love it because it says that God is a refuge. He is our strength. I love it. It says he is an ever-present help in trouble. In fact, we love that scripture so much at this church, if you were to walk out the front doors and look in the little uh, uh, flower garden uh, area there, you would see a, a stone there that has Psalm 46 on it. Because this is who our God is, amen? amen? Amen. This is who he is. He is our helper. He is our refuge. Come on, tell somebody right now next to you, he's your refuge. He is your refuge. So why, why would God show up and start wrestling with Jacob? Like for Jacob, it, it must, have felt a bit, must have felt a bit conflicting to be wrestling with God. Man, can you relate to, to Jacob at all in this moment? Man, I, when, you, when you have doubts, when you have questions and you have frustrations and you're, you're wrestling with God, doesn't that feel a little bit conflicting? I'm not, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm not supposed to have doubts. I'm not supposed to be depressed. I'm not supposed to be angry. And it feels like you're in conflict with God. This is where Jacob finds himself. But here's what I want you to know. This is crazy. God initiated the wrestling with Jacob. Jacob didn't even start the fight. God picked the fight. God jumped him. Listen, this is what we need to understand. There are times, if not many times, that God actually initiates the wrestling. Wait, what? I was with you, time out. I was with you till that. I'm out now, preacher man. No, uh-uh. Yes, many times God will initiate the wrestling because he wants to bring our doubts, our questions, our fears, our depression, our struggle, the darkness. He wants to bring it to the surface. And the reason he wants to do that, and it's through the wrestling, because he wants to do that ultimately for our good. God wants good for you. God wants good for you. For you. Come on, tell two people right now, God wants good for you, and God wants good for you. God wants good. God welcomes the wrestling, and he initiates it. I wish he didn't. And this is one of those things in Scripture we go, huh? But this is what the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 48.10, God said this, I have refined you in the furnace of of suffering. 
He is refining you right now with what you're going through. Like as we wrestle with our, with our doubts, as we wrestle with our, our worry, as we wrestle with our questions and, and, and our frustration, guess what God is doing in that moment? He is strengthening and he is building your faith because you can't get stronger without tension. So God uses that wrestling to build your faith, to grow you. You dealing dealing with fear right now? Like I don't know how this is going to end up. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't. How is this going to How is this going to play out? And as you begin to wrestle with God, God, what is this? How is this? I've, I I'm I'm worried for my life. I'm worried for my my family. I'm worried for what's happening around me. I'm worried. But I don't know what to do. In that you begin to wrestle with God, and guess what? He brings you through the furnace of suffering. And when you come out the other side of the furnace of suffering, you find that your worry and your fear has been forged into faith. And you step out, and suddenly you are a man of faith or a woman of faith like you've never been before. You are stronger than you've ever been. And you are ready for whatever would befall you. Man, is your, is your uh, confidence getting rocked right now? Like you just like I, I don't know what I'm I'm gonna do. I've got uh, doubts. Anybody ever had doubts? God, are you? I don't. I, is God gonna bring me through this? I, I I don't know. I don't know. And you wrestle with God. You wrestle with those doubts. You take those dot do, those doubts to God Almighty, and He's okay. He's okay with your doubts. He wants to know your doubts, and you wrestle with God in your doubts, and he puts you through the refiner's fire. He puts your doubts through the furnace of suffering, and you step out of your suffering and your pain and your trial, and you look back, and the doubts are back here, and here you stand in confidence. I am confident in who I am. I am confident in where God has taken me. I am confident in my future. Because I am with God. Anger? Anybody ever dealt with anger before? Oh, I'm the only one? Okay. (laughs) I will never forget when I got that news. And I, I was so angry. And I, and I honestly had every right to be angry. I should be angry. And I, I remember pulling out of the driveway, and I remember driving down the neighborhood, and, and I remember hitting my steering wheel so hard, I, I thought I might have broken my hand. God, why? Why is this happening to me? I mean, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. Why me? I don't deserve this. My family doesn't deserve this. I cannot do this. What is this? I don't want this. I don't know how to make it stop. I want it to stop, and you need to, you can make it stop. You could have kept this from happening. Why did you let this happen? Yeah, I'm wrestling with God, and I'm angry, but I'm not stepping out of the wrestling with God. I'm going to wrestle with him. I'm not going to walk away from him. I'm going to wrestle with him because he is my God. 
And I believe in faith that he wants good for my life, that he will bring good into my life. So we begin to wrestle, wrestle with that. What is this and that and this? And we're pushing through it, God. He's wrestling with me. And next thing I know, I am going through the furnace of suffering. And I come through that furnace of suffering and I come out the other side. And I have peace like you cannot imagine. A peace and assurance in my life that could have only come through the suffering of that furnace, through, through, the, through the fire and the refiner's fire. So here's Jacob, and he's wrestling with God. It says, Scripture says, all night long. All night, all night, like all night, like, like, like everyone you meet is jamming in the street, like all, <laughs> all night long. All right, you're with me, okay. <laughs> See me like, what's he doing? All night, all night. It's playing, you're going to have that in your head all day. You're welcome. You're going to have it in your head all day and all night. Okay, yeah, there you go. All right, so Jacob. So Jacob's wrestling with God all night long. It says, until the dawn began to break. So here's what I want you to write down because I think this is really going to help you. You got to keep wrestling until the dawn breaks. Keep wrestling until the dawn breaks, until you begin to see the light of tomorrow, until you begin to come out of your darkness. Keep wrestling until the dawn breaks. You got to keep moving. Come on, tell three people right now, the sun will rise again for you. The sun will rise again for you. Another psalm that helped me tremendously in the, in the middle of this struggle in my life was Psalm 23. There's probably not very many people have never heard Psalm 23 but there's one verse in particular that really ministered to me, and it's Psalm 23, 4. David says this, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for, come on, say this with me, what? You are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. See, it's, it's in the dark valley that, that, that you can feel like, you feel a loss, you feel alone, you feel confused, you feel, you feel paralyzed, it just feels like all hope is gone. Like that's, that's where I found myself, sitting on, on, on that bathroom floor. But, but can I give you some, some good news? That if you're wrestling with God, you're in a good place. Because what that means is, according to the psalmist, is that, listen, he is close beside me. He is close. If you're wrestling with him, it means he is close beside you. Like, I'm not alone. My, my God is, is with me. Like, he's walking with me. He's leading me. He's lifting me up. Man, I do not have to be afraid of these questions, of these doubts, of this struggle, because God is with me. Amen? God is with me. I am not alone I don't have to be afraid. Man, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, when we hear that, to be honest with you, we, we think most of the time of, 
like Jesus. He's got the white robe on, you know what I'm talking about? White robe. He's got the cute staff and a little sheeper around him. He's got like a mullet, you know, that, you know the picture? <laughs> she looks so angelic. He's got some kind of glow around him. I have been to Israel. That ain't what shepherds look like, okay? Because we think of it more like, you know, like the shepherd uses the rod and the staff to go, oh, no, no, you can come on, back in, back in. No, you come over, back over here, back over here. You know, like if one were to wander off, he'd be like, here, sheepy, sheepy, come here, come on, come on, you can do it. Okay, maybe sometimes that's how God does it, but I can tell you this, when the psalmist is talking about the dark valley, all the shepherd cares about is getting that sheep through the dark valley in shape and, and alive through that. So many times when that sheep begins to wander off and that sheep is not listening, he's going to wander off and get devoured. So that shepherd will take that rod. He will pop that sheep. Woo! Whoa, what was that? I mean, he, he will grab like once, they, and we've been there in the deserts, and, and, and if one is getting ready to fall and fall off the side of the, of the mountain as they're climbing. I mean, and it, the, he's not going to be like, hey, hey, come on. No, he takes the, the staff that has the little, little bow, what was that, the bow thing on the end, the hook. Thank you very much. Thanks for helping me. No, thanks for not leaving me hanging. So he got, takes the hook that's on the end of it, you know, and he sees that sheep and he reaches over and he yanks that sheep back and the sheep's like, ah, what's that? See, here's the thing. Sometimes comfort comes comes looking a whole lot like pain. And it's in that pain that, that, that God uses that. And you got to keep wrestling. you got to keep wrestling until the dawn breaks. This is where Joseph, or excuse me, this is where Jacob found himself. And he, he's, he's feeling pretty, a lot of pain. Look at what it says in verse 25. When, when the man, that's the angel, or God, saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. Are you that, What? Just when Jacob thought it couldn't get any worse, God breaks his hip. What? Like, this is, doesn't make sense. Like, he took from Jacob the one thing that he needed. His brother is coming. Hello, 400 soldiers. Hello. I, and what does Jacob need? He needs to be able to run. He needs to be able to run fast. <laughs> and now he can't because he has a broken hip. Listen, Many times, God will often take away the very thing you think you need for victory. You need a financial breakthrough, and the bank account dries up, and there's nothing. You got a diagnosis. This is, what, this is where you're at. This is what you're dealing with, and you need, you need this doctor, but that doctor's out of network. Or, or worse yet, they say, oh, I'm sorry, that's a pre-existing condition. And you can't even get help for the physical issue that you're dealing with. Or you need support, and you can't get the support that you think that you, you need. Or there's the door. And if I could get through that door, once I get through that door, everything's going to be good. And then, boom, that door just slams in your face. And here's the thing that we need to understand is that, listen, Jacob here, he's running, and, and, and he's, he's not really running at this point, but he's, he's wrestling with God in this, in this moment and breaks his hip and now he, now he can't run. He's got to face his brother. And if you fast forward one chapter, what you will see is Jacob goes out to meet his brother and he knows I'm facing certain death. And he sees his brother coming at him. But his brother doesn't have a sword. His brother is coming with his arms open. See, because God had spoken to Esau 
and changed his heart and healed his heart. And he came to Jacob and wrapped his arms around Jacob. And they wept together. And God brought forgiveness and restoration. If God had not done that to his hip, he would have been on the run and he would have never experienced that restoration. And this is what we have to understand. It's, it's in your greatest moment of weakness that God can bring about a great victory. It's in your moment of greatest weakness that God can bring about a great victory. So look, look at this. Let's go back to the story. Jacob's hips out of socket. Okay, back to the wrestling. He doesn't he hasn't met his brother or anything yet. His hips out of socket. He's in great pain. But I love this. He refused to quit. So he's got a broken hip, and it says this in verse 26. Then the man said, let go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said this, and say it like you're wrestling with God. Say this with me. What? I will not let go unless you bless me. Somebody say, keep moving. moving. It's in the wrestling that the people give up. This is when people give up, and they they let go of God, and they, they get stuck in their darkness. Because the doubts and the questions and the, and the frustration and the depression and the struggle all over, overwhelm them and, and they let go of God and they walk away and they wander into the darkness. And I, I, with all that's within me today, I, I just, what I want to say to you is this, that if you're in a dark night right now, a dark season, you got to grab a hold of Jesus and never let him go. you got to grab a hold of Jesus and never let him go. That's where I found myself on the bathroom floor. I am not letting you go. I'm putting my... Everything, all my trust, all my hope, everything is with you, and I don't know where we're headed, and I don't know how long this is going to take, but I am not letting you go. And you got to have that resolute spirit about you that I'm going to grab a hold of Jesus, and I'm never going to let him go. My oldest son and his wife um, have been wanting to adopt, and for the last two years, they have been going through hell. See, they, they decided they wanted to adopt, and they, they wanted to, they have such a heart of compassion, they have such a heart of, of mercy. Um, I'm just so inspired by them. But they said, we want to we wanna find a kid who's lost his family, and so they began to search through DHS to see if there was a child that they could adopt, and and for some reason, it wasn't working, and, then they, and, I, and they were frustrated, and they were, they were wrestling with God over it, and they're like, God, we, we, we said we'd step out. We said we would adopt. We, we said that we would take one of your children that's been abandoned, and nothing, like setback after setback after setback, finally, the door just absolutely closed on them, and they, it, wasn't, it just wasn't going to happen. So they turned their attention to, to maybe doing an overseas adoption, and they, and they located a child that was in South Korea, and they were matched with that child, and, and they began this process a $50,000 process. They don't have $50,000. And so they began to move, and they just, they just kept moving, and they get a setback. They would get this setback. I remember one time my son called me, and we were talking on the phone. It was a Friday, and I said, how's it going? He said, Dad, we got to have $12,000 by Monday. I don't know where we're going to get it. 
And they would wrestle with God in their frustration, and we're doing what you told us to do, and God, where are you, are you gonna, what's happening? Why is this not, what's happening? And they, but they never quit. Man, they just grabbed a hold of Jesus, and they never let him go. And they kept persevering, they kept moving, and kept moving, and, and, and they would have another setback. Can you imagine, like, it's hard enough, can you imagine trying to adopt a child here in the States? We're talking about another country, another language. And they're jumping through hoops and getting setbacks and just things are in two years have gone by. But this morning, they landed in South Korea. And they're going to get their son. My grandson. They're going to pick him up in their arms and bring him home. That only happens when you say, I refuse to quit, and I'm going to keep moving. Oh, it's going to get darker? All right, I'm just going to grab a hold of Jesus. More questions? I'm going to grab a hold of Jesus. See, this is what Jacob did. He said, oh, you're going to wrench my hip out of socket? Like, I'm going to have excruciating pain that I don't think I can even walk anymore, but I ain't letting you go. And finally, God says, all right, all right. And he blessed Jacob. I love this. Scripture says he changed his name from Jacob, which meant deceiver, to Israel. Like, anybody here named after a nation? Like, your name's the United States of America? Like, his name is Israel! The entire nation named after this guy. That is a blessing. Listen, here's the thing we all have to understand and we have to know is that, that uh, blessing always follows wrestling. Blessing always follows wrestling wrestling. God will bless you. He wants good for you. He walked me out of my pain. He can walk you out of your pain. But you know what? You got to keep wrestling until the dawn breaks. You got to keep moving. Can you say that with me? Keep moving. 